Alrighty ho, neighbors. Welcome to <laughs> fucking hell. Alrighty ho. <laughs> Where did that come from? Which state are you Jeez. from? That was phenomenal. Alrighty ho, neighbors. Alrighty ho. We got Homer Simpson next door. Welcome to that. There are finger guns podcast. We got a rooting to an episode for you tonight. Wow. Yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm going to keep that in. Why not? Fuck it. Life's too short. How are you doing? Welcome to the Finger Guns podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? I do hope you're well. I am joined, of course, by Miles Thompson. Sorry, I'm still recovering. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, sir. How are you? I am. I'm, I'm rooting to it, sir. How are you? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks. Great. Mm, yeah. Good times. Love and life. That was an excellent intro. Can we do every podcast like that, please? Uh, sure. I'm not sure I could keep it up for an hour and a half, but I'll give it a darn good go. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, K to the A to the T, K B. H to the I to the high. Hi, you. <laughs> that was so gay. <laughs> oh, that was the best thing you've ever done. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> First the TTFN, <laughs> now this. Oh, oh. Oh, do you know what though? I saw somebody, that person being Chris in the car park earlier, and I was saying bye to him, and he literally is far away in the middle of this car park and just waves at me and goes, TTFN! Honestly. Ah. It was like something out of a movie. It was poetic. Oh, wow. Oh, that is like it is is a catchphrase now, isn't it? Catching me up. Yeah, it's catching me up. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. I, 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 think that i would prefer for the titties but yeah. <laughs> it looks like i'm getting stuck with ttfn i'm not sure we could shout that out in the middle of like taunton but like, no probably not hey yo kb for the titties <laughs> Actually, I, don't know, I, I think taunton you'd be all right to be honest yeah, yeah true i feel yeah. pretty badass if someone shouted that at me okay okay right then let's talk our game of the week um cat what's your game of the week my game of the week is Pokemon Legends. Oh my god, we're talking about a AAA Nintendo game on the Finger Guns podcast? Oh my god, yeah. It's yeah, about time. It's about time. Well, the thing is, my thinking behind this was, well, it's not going to go down in price, so I might as well just buy it day one. Very that true. My, Very uh, true. Um, and also, with the help of Chris Scullion, lush guy. What up, Chris lot- Scullion? What up? Lush guy got a lot of hate for that review. I was actually so sad. I was kind of... You know, yeah. he'd posted that review and he just got, I just think like, what is wrong with people? Like if he'd have said, you know, a bad word about it, people would have said, oh, you're trying to be woke and try to go against Nintendo. And if he did like, you know, liked the game, he's being accused of being like a Nintendo peacekeeper. Yeah. Let me tell you something about Chris Gullion. Chris Gullion has been reviewing Pokemon games for like 20 years. If Chris Gullion says, this is a good, good Pokemon game. game, you go, okay, that's a good Pokemon game. Yeah. No one else on Earth. He he wrote Pokemon reviews for the official Nintendo magazine. He's that's fucking sick. You know what I mean? The guy's the guy's okay. He is legit. That's what I mean. And I just think like, cause just Twitter, man. Like that's some bad people on Twitter. I was really sad for him because he 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 came off. He kind of logged off for like a day or so, and I was like, damn. How do you how do you deal with that, bro? Like that's that's rough. Like shame on you if you attack somebody for a game you haven't played yet. Like. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But no like, one else had at that point. Literally, like, shame on you for that. Like, you know, if you don't like their opinion or you don't agree with it, you don't agree with the way that he likes, fine, whatever. But you don't need to, you don't need to make it personal. Like, oh, God, just get, go off. Anyway, and it wasn't like his review was the only good one. Well, exactly, you know? as well. Like, it's had really, really good reviews. And everybody's, like, shitting on the visuals. And it's like, well, Chris never said it was all about the visuals. No. Chris isn't saying it's about the visuals. And you're right. It certainly isn't about the visuals. But... It is a great game. 
controversially, and I think I'm the only one that I know who has said this so far, um, the first 90 minutes are quite the slog. Um, and it's very typical of Pokemon games that like the tutorial was very elongated, very like I remember in like even Pokemon Red when you had to go up to Pallet Town and then back up to the thingy and then back down again, and then you had to just all sorts of crap. Um and it's very similar here is that like it's so stop starty for about the first 90 minutes. After that, it's incredible. I can't stop playing it. I think I've played like 14 hours since Saturday. I haven't gotten wow. off of it. Yeah, I have not gotten off of it. Um, I actually don't know many generations either. I think they're like generation eight, I think. I actually don't know many past two or three. So I'm literally, and I, I, that's why I've kind of been put off from buying Sword Shield, like Pearl and Diamond, because I'm like, well, I won't know any Pokemon. So, you know, it would it, be lost on me. It wouldn't be as exciting as like, say, catching a Magmar. I wouldn't know it was a Magmar and how rare they are to be, you know, seen in the wild. So I just wouldn't know. I'd be like, cool, that's one Pokemon. Um, the shit that I lost when I saw a Ponyta in the beach on this game, <laughs> lost my shit. And then there was a mass outbreak of Psyducks. It's a, it's a great game. It's not about the gyms. I read Chris's review and he's completely right. It isn't about the gyms. There's no gyms. There's no, like, um, I guess, like, gym progression where you kind of I guess fight the league it's not about a league it is literally like you've been slammed in the middle of this world and you have to you you done a survey core where you have to survey the Pokemon you have to do certain things for the Pokemon because they want to they want to learn about them and I'm I as you know from a couple of pods ago all I've wanted is an open world Pokemon game now somebody tried to test me the other day on Twitter and neither me or Chris replied um, because I I think I'd replied to one of Chris's tweets saying like, oh, I've just wanted an open world Pokemon game since I was a kid. And someone was like, they've always been open world. No, no, they haven't. And I'm not even going to. Why? Why? What's the point in that? What is the point in tweeting like that? Oh, God. "Um, Actually, um, they've always been open world, question mark. And I'm like, no, babe, they haven't. <laughs> Red and blue and yellow are not open world. <laughs> they're, linear, like, they're linear RPGs. Mm. Anyway, anyway, it's a great game. It has like mix of all the gen, um, kind of gen, well, not all the gens, but I must have a mix of multiple gens because there's like Cinder Quill from say Gen, I think it's three, two. Um, then it's got you know things like Ghastly and Pikachu and Gengar and Psyduck, and then you've got like all the new ones and yeah like seeing Eevee and then Abra and it's just really cool and you've got like alpha Pokemon which are kind of like mega sized like possessed really strong Pokemon and you're like you get proper dicked like you're like level 15 with your little match hop like and then there's like this like level 50 flipping Tangela like just chilling on the beach ready to like stomp on your head um it's great you craft your own Pokeballs it's like um whether like it has weather and different things happen in different weather the battles like if you'll move if it's foggy outside your moves won't be as, as effective it's really really great I would love to see like a proper um I guess I'd love to see Gorilla take on <laughs> um the studio <laughs> but you can see the improvement yes the visuals aren't amazing yes Pikachu says bigger instead of Pika which I don't know why but that really hurts my soul <laughs> He's subtitled I as. I cannot explain to you how much Cat raged over this for a solid <laughs> half an hour. How Honestly, fucking though, she was tempted to give it a one out of ten and stop playing. <laughs> Honestly, though, like, Pikachu's my life. So when you subtitle Pika and you say the words bigger, like B I G A H H H, what? 
that's not what he said. Like, come on, try hard. Like, <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Like, it was really strange. And I was like, what is this game? Is this game like a knockoff? Have I like accidentally bought the wrong one? Have I got the Primark? But no, it, it's a fantastic game. I'm really enjoying it. I think anybody who's enjoyed any of the games will really, really enjoy it. Um, yeah, it, it takes a bit of getting used to because it definitely does follow a completely different style to the others. There's no, there's no gyms, there's no poker centers, there's no mini marts. You know, it is just you and this world and a little town that you go back to. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's my game of the week. And it's it's been really, really, really great. For the first time in ages, I've been playing a game to play it. And I've really, really enjoyed it. And I haven't felt this pressure of trophies. Mm. Because I guess that, that has really spoiled my enjoyment of a lot of <laughs> games in the last couple of years. But um, no, it's great. It is really cool. Awesome. That's really good. Thanks. So what you're saying is you need uh, PlayStation to buy the rights to Pokemon and then give that to Gorilla. Yes, that's what I need. I Horizon need Zero Pokemon. Yeah, well, basically, that's... Can you imagine, though? Yeah, it'd be pretty, wouldn't it? Oh, it'd be so good. So, yeah, if uh, if Sony feel like... I don't know. Well, we'll talk about it later, but if Sony feel like, you know, buying or <laughs> joining... But, of course, you know, Nintendo. Mm. Or, you know, having a little knees up with Nintendo, getting game yeah. off of them, that'd be great. I'm not entirely sure Nintendo are going to give up Pokemon anytime soon, but you never no, know. No, you never know. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Uh, Mr. Miles Thompson, your game of the week. Um, I've actually had a lot of the last week off, so I've played quite a few games. I finished Ratchet. I played through Kena Bridge of Spirits, which just as a query to, to you, Ross, and I know I would have asked, obviously, Toby, I know as well as played it. Um, I know Kat, you started it and had a bad time of it, but what did you think of Kena? Because this it's not my game of the week, but I just wanted to ask you this. Of what did you, I, how did you find it? I thoroughly enjoyed Kina a lot. It was an eight out of ten game for me. Okay. Um, one that I had a lot of fun powering through. Um, it's not the game of the year by any means. It's not it's it didn't live up to my expectations at all, but I had a great time with it. Okay. I thoroughly enjoyed Kina as a character in the world. Yeah. So like it was a really weird game for me because I was playing it and I was like, I like everything on an individual level. I like challenging combat. Yeah. I like parry systems. I like dodging. I like exploring open world and collectibles. The, the little things are cute. The rot. Kina is a cool character. I like the story. And yet the whole time I was playing it, I played it in like two or three hour chunks at a time. And I think I did like maybe four sittings and finished it. And the whole time I kept thinking, I kind of wish I was playing something else though. It was this really strange feeling. The weird thing about it is, is that it doesn't do anything original. Like no. I said in my review, it's the greatest hits of everything in that genre. It's a little bit of Zelda, a little bit of Monster Hunter, a little bit of Pokemon. It's just a combination of all sorts of different things mm. without doing anything on its own. Yeah. And so I think it feels familiar in that sense um, just... because there are, there are elements of it that are just, wait a minute, this is, this is just completely <laughs> Zelda. Yeah. And, um, you know, it doesn't do anything special, but I think it does what it does. It does well, but it's not particularly new. I totally agree with that. Like everything about it, like I said, on an individual level, every part of it is really well made. The only thing I didn't like is there's that weird delay when you try and parry something where it's like, if you hit it too quickly, it's not like Sekiro where the moment you hit it is when you'll parry. You have to like do it with half a second's delay. And I was like, I don't like that. It doesn't feel responsive enough but then i have just played sekiro which is probably why i felt that but like everything else about it i was like the story's cool the combat encounters are well done like there's lots of variety in terms of like the bosses and stuff and we'll say 
Sorry, uh, sorry to cut you off. I will say when I found the cowboy hat for the rot. Oh my god! That's that. That's when it went from a seven to an eight for me. Game changer. Yeah, yeah. that was. Yeah, that was. That was pretty cool. I, the rot are really cool, and I like finding the hats and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. It was just one of those. So I just wanted to ask your opinion. But again, I would that's recommend fun. it. Just I don't know. I had a strange feeling with it. Um, I also played Moons of Madness. I played Mr. Prepper, which is bad. Don't play it. Um, and then my game of the week is one I started yesterday. And I've played through about three quarters of it. And that is The Artful Escape. Um, Ooh. It's really fucking good, man. <laughs> um, so, Are you playing this on Game Pass or on PS4? No, I bought it on PS4. Um, I like to try and support these kind of games because um, I had a feeling... You're right. Jesus Christ. No, no, no. I'm in it for the like... indie developers, guys, please. Okay, just... I like they have to feed them. their children. They need money to put food on the table. Um, so I just decided to pick it up because it looked really, really cool from the trailer. And it's one that I kind of clocked a month or two ago. Um, and it's one of those games where it's like, you don't play it for gameplay. And I know that sounds really stupid, but bear with me. So... If you played like Gone Home or What Remains of Edith Finch or something like Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, like those are kind of like experience games. You don't play them because they're intense, you know, heart pounding gameplay experiences. You play them for the story or the narrative. Have you not played the last level of What Remains of Edith Finch? I have. <laughs> that, oh, yeah. My heart was out of my stomach when I was playing that, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't know, Dora. I forgot about that part. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things where don't go into it expecting much complexity or, you know, that it's going to ask much of you. You literally you get plonked in an area, you run from side to side, and then you either play your guitar by holding square or you jump a few times or you interact with things to do dialogue or whatever. But what it does so incredibly well is like the visuals are spectacular, like really genuinely. The art direction in this game is absolutely incredible. And there's been so many times that I've literally just stopped so I could just take in like the backgrounds or like you'll go through like these whimsical, like psychedelic neon areas. And it's insane. Like some of the creativity on display is just nuts. Um, the music is really good in places. Um, there's been some criticism that the actual guitar playing isn't actually that intense, but when you're playing it, it it's for someone who doesn't really know guitar that well it's really good um but i just love it's like it's style like it just has some really cool style to it and the narrative is a bit limited in places but it's got some cool themes in it and it's got some decent heart to it and i've just really enjoyed just getting lost in the world and it's a nice game to just play that you just pop on for like an afternoon or for an evening and you just get lost in its world um so yeah, I thoroughly recommend it. And there's a couple of parts where the music gave me like Life is Strange type vibes. A friend of mine had said that because he'd played it before, before I had. And um, he'd recommended that there's a couple of bits that made him, reminded him of Life is Strange. And I kind of get where he's coming from, but it's not the same kind of game, but it's just got that vibe to it. Um, yeah, I just, I think it's really good. And I think especially for Game Pass, it's well worth it. I'm not sure. I think it's 20 quid I paid for it or 15, something like that. I'm not sure it's fully worth the total amount. So I reckon if you can get it on deal or put it on Game Pass, then it's well worth it. But, you know, four or five hours long, it's worth checking out. Cool. I'm going to play it on Game Pass because fucking D devs, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I've paid for it. So, you know, <laughs> I've paid for it on behalf of Finger Gun, so it's all right. <laughs> what was yours, Roscoe? I'm kidding. Love you, Indie devs. Please keep sending <laughs> us code. Thank you. Um, mine is the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection. Ah, yes. That £10 upgrade. Which I got for a tenner. What a goddamn result that was. Um, completely forgot I had um, The Lost Legacy already in my library. 
So um, that was a nice surprise on Friday morning when I went to check it out. Um, I mean, it's been, when did it come out? 2016. It's been six years, six years since Uncharted 4, which feels mad because I remember playing that pretty much in one sitting when I first got it. I was living in West Wales at the time at Holiday Park and I sat down and just powered through it. I bought the statue edition and everything because I was making far too much money, didn't know what to do with it. So I spent it, uh, spent it on Uncharted statues and I really enjoyed it. And so I sat down to play it again this weekend and I had forgotten all about this game. There were moments in it that, should have been memorable and they weren't to me. I was like, oh wow, this is really awesome. It's like, I've played this game before. I know that happens. Why is it kind of falling out of my brain? But if anything, it's such a great game. It's just a great video game, Uncharted 4. And I love the the story. I love the narrative. I love the performances, um, especially from Nolan North and Laura Bailey and Troy Baker and you know, the A the A-list of uh voice actors that that they've got involved in this thing. And it's just a really, really great game. And the 4K resolution makes it look super duper stunning and yeah it's just great i haven't started the lost legacy again yet but i will do very very soon um and it's great what it has done um is reminds me that man uncharted 4 is a lot like the last of us like they're basically the same game just with the sun out you know that's just pretty much how i can look at it because i was playing through the last of us part two and you know you, you know that i've played it recently and to jump into uncharted 4 the second half of Uncharted 4 is you basically exploring ruins that have been that have like grown over. And it's it is essentially the same game. You know, you walk through these ruins that are just there getting completely destroyed. You shoot a few guys and then you move on and then you climb around and then you shoot a few guys and then you move on. And it's all through ruins. It's like Naughty Dog, why how did you get away with this? <laughs> it's almost it's very strange to me because I was playing through it like this is essentially the last of us again just just a little bit lighter a little bit breezier you know they're just they're going after treasure rather than you know the dramatic narrative that's kind of hitting the last of us and naughty dog definitely had a style um between 2015 and 2020 and so it's going to be interesting to see what they do next because i don't think they can get i don't think they can keep getting away with it to be honest because i don't know it's well i don't know if you've if you've sort of noticed that as well but it was it was something that i picked up on while i was playing through it but it's you know it is it is still great and it's a lot of fun but i did yeah, I've already beaten Uncharted 4. And it's just bizarre that I managed to get through it so quickly because I, you know, I sat down and just played it as, as much as I possibly could, and then it was over. And I think that's a sign of a good game. Hopefully the, the Lost Legacy will last me a little bit longer. I know the game is half as long, but uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun, hopefully. And if you do have a copy of Uncharted 4 or the Lost Legacy, you can get um this package for a tenner, like I like we said at the start. So yeah, don't miss out on it because it's uh it is super, super shiny. The haptic feedback is very good when you're driving and stuff and when you're jumping around. They've done some cool stuff with the dual sense. And yeah, it's well worth, uh, I mean, it's well worth a tenner, Jesus Christ. So uh, yeah, worth jumping into, I think, again. Especially for a tenner, you can't really go wrong, can you? No, absolutely not. No, it's, uh, yeah, I, I got 20 odd hours out of it again. So, you know, for a tenner, that's fine by me. Uh, right then, uh, it's time for the quiz. But before the quiz begins, very, very quickly, um, I'm just going to plug something that I did this week. If you are a fan of the Netflix show Afterlife and have finished Afterlife, you may want to head back to the podcast before this one, because I interviewed James from that show, also known as the brilliant Ethan Lawrence. And we talked all about the final season, about his character, Ricky Gervais's character, the story, 
and all the funny bits in between. He's got some great insight into everything that happens. And um, he's got a wonderful outlook on the overall story. So if you have seen the final season of Afterlife, go check it out because it was a lot of fun to record. And he's a big gamer, is Ethan Lawrence. So there's a lot of game chat on there as well. And there's every chance he'll probably pop up on one of these podcasts at some point in the future because he made it very, very clear. He's a big fan of the podcast and he wants to do that. So who knows? <laughs> what a legend. Next week, it might be me, Miles Cap, and Ethan Lawrence. We'll there we go. Four, the fourth honorary member of the Finger Guns team, <laughs> yeah. Ethan <Yeah>. Lawrence. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty what much. Dude. Yeah. Ricky Gervais liked our tweet yesterday. You see that? He did. He did. And you know what? I was thinking about this because I was like, oh, I wonder if he likes lots of tweets. And you know what? He does like a lot of tweets, but he doesn't like every single tweet. And I think, wow, he saw that. He saw yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good guy. Good eggs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he could like, he, could, he could retweet the uh, the podcast for me. That'd be nice. Yeah. Get it out but to his 14 billion is, subs. But it's you right. could be like, oh, James was a really good character, but Ricky Gervais is shit. And then he's just retweeted that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, we have a lot of a lot of positive things to say uh, about afterlife. So yeah, go check it out. Uh, right then, cats, it is quiz time. Let's do this. It is quiz time. Quiz time. Pray into the quiz phase today. So there's All a theme of this gods. quiz. And oh no! I know. <laughs> oh no! Miles oh, is screwed already. Oh, fuck I know. Me. <laughs> um, I thought Toby would be coming on, so I did a couple of Toby questions as well. Oh, well. Um, sorry, Toby, we're going to ruin it for sorry, you. Sorry, Toby. So this is an animal-themed quiz. Oh. <laughs> oh, fuck. Come on. Sorry, Miles. Um, Miles, there's definitely some questions you should get here. Like, I mean, you said this last time, I got one. Well, that's 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 a you problem. Not that's on you, man. That is yeah, on that's you. on you. I'm it sorry that you didn't get it right. No, I'm not. I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying that your expectation of me is clearly too high. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> clearly. Um, so I've tried to make it a bit easier this time, and I'm I worry that this quiz is almost a little bit too easy. So there are a couple of questions. Oh, we're gonna look really fucking stupid if we don't do well. <laughs> um, and there's a question that I'm absolutely certain that I've asked before but I was like I don't know if I did or not so there we go so I hope you were listening to previous quizzes <laughs> anyway he's just repeating salad. questions now yeah yeah it's fruit salad it's <laughs> um, no so um if you've not joined the pod before uh fast finger fast is where Ross and Miles will buzz in after I ask them my chaotic question um uh and they have to get it right or wrong. And if they get it wrong, then they suck. And then if they get it right, they, they are awesome. And Damn. that's how the quiz goes. Damn. Oh, it's getting more savage every yeah. week. Yeah. Um, harsh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Tough times. So, so, Ross, um, what is your buzzer for this week? Oh, what is my buzzer for this week? Oh, why don't you ask Miles first and I'll get mine sorted out. Okay. Miles, <laughs> what is your buzzer? Okay. Oh, going normal. Yeah. The okay, going I'm going to find a new one one day, but. It doesn't. I've kept kept looking for the Obi Wan Kenobi one, but it doesn't have it. Hello there. Yeah, that one. That was the exact one, and it doesn't have it, and it makes me sad. It smells like trash. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a variation of Sonic buttons. Everyone, I can reach first. Okay, that's fine. Okay, guys, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready to destroy Miles again. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> so I need a Toby or Sean, at least someone, <laughs> someone that's not going to make Miles' self-esteem dwindle every week with this wow. quiz. This is getting hurtful now. Um. Anyway, question one. Um. In Animal Crossing. Oh fuck off! <laughs> fuck off! <laughs> what type of animal is Chip? Chip. Yeah, chip. Chip. 
Yes, Miles? A dog. No. No. Who the fuck's Chip? <laughs> Ross, haven't you played like 400 hours? Yes, I have. I don't remember. <laughs> They're not all in New Horizons. <laughs> no, I think this is a this is an old school. Oh, from Wild Wild World? Maybe. I felt like that was a hint. Anyway. Oh, oh, oh okay. Oh. Oh. Ross. Well, yeah, he's in Wild World, isn't he? He's a beaver. Ah. He's not a beaver. Oh, he's a he, he's a fucking beaver. He's not a beaver. He's a ferret. He's not a ferret. No. Raccoon. No. Oh. He is an otter, but he looks like a beaver, and it's apparently very oh. misconcepted. Sods Ross, but you were so close. That is outrageous. It's <laughs> not my fault. Savage. <laughs> it's not my fault either, man. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna Google it. Hang on, I guess. No. Okay, f- fucking do it then. You fucking, fucking will. You fucking do that. Okay. Ship Animal Crossing. <laughs> Google. Yep. Ah, Chip is a beaver that hosts no, a fishing tourney in all games except Wild World and New Horizons. Chip sets no. up his stand outside Town Hall with 60 ammo ways for players and villagers to turn up and fish, bring him fish. To measure a weigh-in station, Chip hosts the winner of each tourney on the bulletin board. He's a fucking beaver. No, he's a not. A cute fruit salad. No, he's not. Because I literally read something from flipping Nintendo that said it's commonly... Now I can't find it. What the fuck? <laughs> It literally said he is commonly misconcepted as a beaver, but he's actually meant to be an otter. All right, fine. Okay, fair enough. All right, fine. You can have that one. Oh, I can't find. Do you know what? I was going to screenshot where it had it? It was like a Nintendo little thing, and it was like a fun fact about Animal Crossing is that Chip is actually an otter, but he looks like a beaver. Fine. Maybe it was a troll account, and they were um, just trying to like troll people. No, it was an official account. It was like the, like a fun fact account. Anyway. He looks like a beaver, but he's actually a washing machine. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what I get up now. Anyway, you get the point, Ross. Okay. Thank you very I will much. Admit, I Thank will you admit for my fault. letting me have the point for giving you a correct answer. No, fuck you. Wow. <laughs> my research was very sound a couple of hours ago, <laughs> and now it's not. Oh, anyway, God. I've even put here, although, and it was the exact wording, although he looks like a beaver, he's actually supposed to be an otter. That was my fun fact. It's kicking off. Anyway. It's kicking off. The one question into this madness. Anyway. Question two. This is the thing now. I feel feel like if there's going to be any other debate, people are going to be like, we can't get the question wrong anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it doesn't matter. Question two. What item of clothing or clothings can you put on dog meat in Fallout 4? Uh, Okay. Ross? A bulletproof vest? No. Oh. Hats. A what? Hats. What kind of hat? Wow. Oh. <laughs> is it um that's being insanely picky tonight? <laughs> is it like a bone hat? A bone hat? Yeah, sounds like bones. <laughs> okay. No, but I will give it to you out of the fact that you are the closest. Oh, thanks. I'm kinder. Um it's actually a bandana. And uh... you can put goggles on him as well. Oh, wow. I actually never found dog, mate. Oh, well, that's yeah. Although, to be fair, I gave up after about 30 hours of Fallout 4. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, question three. Which Jaws-like game was released in March 2020? Trash! What? Well done. Wait, ah. wait, wait! Ross! <laughs> Mania. <laughs> oh my God, you got it right! Oh my God, thank you so much. <laughs> Um, question four, Overgrowth is a 2017 game where you play as what anthropomorphic animal? 
overgrowth. Yep. It really is a Toby quest. Overgrowth. Yep. I've never heard of that game. No. Um... What? Miles? That wasn't me. Oh, you're right. It wasn't Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Hi. Sorry. Uh, a, let's see, a frog? No. Uh, <laughs> Miles? Trash! Um... Miles? A spider. No, it was a rabbit. Um, Who the fuck wants to play as a rabbit? Um, what? Are you joking? You just bounce. Yeah, you bounce around everywhere. Who the fuck would want to play as a spider? Piss off. Anyway. (laughs) Fair (laughs) shout. Is this like an insight into your daily lives here? Yeah. 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 This, this is just yeah, Miles this is getting told. Miles getting yeah. told to fuck off every five minutes. The thing is, this isn't even just with cat. Like it's with everybody. Everyone's. I just seem to gravitate. This kind of like. Oh, Miles, can you shut the fuck up? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, question five: What is Tails' full name in Sonic the Hedgehog? Oh, fuck off, man! For fuck's sake, Ross. Um, Miles tells Prower. Nice one, thank you. Why were you fuck saking, Miles? Have we never played Sonic? No. Right, get off the pot. I feel like you're not allowed <laughs> to be part of Finger Guns if you've never I played the OG Sonic, the one that's literally like the OG one. Right, that's fine. Okay, well, Tells that's fine. was in Sonic 2. Literally the one that followed that one. Uh, I don't, don't even know if I played Sonic 2, if I'm being perfectly honest. That's you've never played a game where my, like my you get to like time. helicopter tails around with his tail. sounds weird. <laughs> no. Well, don't you dare make some innuendo is about cute little tails. Anyway, I mean, Kat, you've got some education to do here. No, he's lost. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not <laughs> signing it. <laughs> it's lost on him. <laughs> um, okay, question six. What kind of animal is Yoshi? Who I'm looking for? Oh, I. I feel like that was Miles what first. Sorry, anyway? A dinosaur. Oh, now what? He is a dinosaur. That's such bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. um, uh, Question seven. What animals are Banjo and Kazooie? Oh. Ross? Banjo's a bear. Kazooie's a bird. Nice one. Well done. Oh, very much. I thought we had to say the type of bird. Okay. I overthought that one. Oh, God. I don't know the type of bird. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what type (laughs) of bird it would be. Hundreds of flipping, flipping things. Anyway. Uh, statistically, what has been the most successful anthropomorphic franchise? Oh, this is a Toby question. Bloody hell, it is it? Yeah. Um... Oh, it's not definitely not Biomutant. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely yeah. not Biomutant. Um, hmm. Miles? I felt no. Hold on, no. Sega. Sega. <laughs> Miles, are you gonna go or are you gonna um, forfeit your time? Can I me can me, I go after me, Ross? Me, me, me. <laughs> uh yes, you can. I mean is it Sonic the Hedgehog? It is Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to throw in a little careful. <laughs> um I was really like scared for you guys when you're like, oh, this is a Toby question. I was like, guys, you've got you've got Sonic, you've got Crash, you've got um anyway. Yeah, of course it's Sonic. I was thinking Crash, but then yeah. Nah, Sonic mate. Uh, question nine in Borderlands Three, which uh, I know we all play. Oh, brilliant! Love, Yay! <laughs> what is the original name of your skag before getting the chance to rename it? Oh, fuck. 
This is a Sean Davies question. Yeah, he would be screaming this right now. I know yeah. he'll know. He's screaming it right now. Borderlands question to a pod where Sean isn't here because he said he might be able to make it. And the thing is, he'll he'll listen tomorrow and he'll really appreciate it. He's probably yeah, he'll be because even though I hate it so, I've still chosen to include it in the quiz. He'll be vilifying us for not having this already. Um, I don't have an answer. It's a really cool name. Um, um, <laughs> Miles. the Skagenator. I said a really cool name. Cool. <laughs> oh no, Ross! Uh, donkey Punch. <laughs> oh my god! You got no, you didn't. Um, <laughs> his name is Mister Chu. Oh, oh, okay, okay, oh. okay. Cool. Fine, fair enough. Okay, and lastly, uh, question ten: What is the name of Joel and Tommy's dog that appears in The Last of Us? That's a great question. Such a good question. Okay, I don't know. The rest of the nine questions can go suck it for this one. (laughs) What's it called? Oh, what's the dog called? I played this game like 12 times and I cannot remember what it's done. That's why, do you know, that's exactly why I left this question to last. Oh, God, I remember the scene. This is actually hurting my soul. Shitting bollocks. <laughs> it's not. Well, be careful only... not to buzz in. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> no, no, it, this isn't my answer. But oh. there is a there is Tommy's dog is. Hey there, bolt brain. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, Ross. It's Tommy. Tommy's Maria's dog is Buckley. Yep, that's the one I'm looking for. Oh, oh it is. <laughs> shit. Well done. Oh, fair play. That was that, that was a done. brilliant question. Thank you. Yeah, I said question. Joel's dog as well, well just because, well. like, yeah, it's the scene, but it is Tommy's dog. It's, it's when you're walking around the dam and he's just like yeah. loafing around. So like really, really brief that you see yeah. him and you get to pet him, and that's it. To be fair, great question. Well done on the answer, Ross. Well done. Yeah. So Miles, you got three, and then Ross, you are reigning champion with five. Well done. To be fair, oh. three is two better than I got last time, so I'll take it. Well done, guys. Well done for getting three. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not one. <laughs> it's it's starting to sound like me and Kat are working together on these quizzes. I mean, the amount of Sonic questions that come I know, up does yeah, feel was a heavy. little bit unfair. Like, Right, next quiz. I promise you, not one Sonic question. I haven't had a single Metal Gear question since like five months ago. You next got quiz. a Fallout question, though, today. Yeah, uh, yeah but yeah. The next quiz oh. is going to be all Soulsborne, isn't it? And I could do that. To be fair, I think Soul- I would do all right on the Soulsborne. Soul- Soulsborne and RTSs. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Blooms, so I would Yes, strategy <laughs> games. Yes, please. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Uh, right, then. Thank you very much, Cap. That's okay. As ever, a cracking quiz. Um, right. Let's get started with something that happened today. Uh, not a couple of hours before this podcast went live. So we had to adjust a little bit. There's not really a lot to talk about, but it is pretty big news. Um, PlayStation have bought Bungie. That's a thing that happened today. Um, for something like $3.9 billion or something, which makes the Bethesda deal with Microsoft look like jump change. Um, this is, um, yeah, this is pretty big, but there's not a lot to discuss. Um, so we're going to just go into the PlayStation blog with Mr. Jim Ryan to talk about what's going on. So he says, today, I'm happy to announce Bungie will be joining the PlayStation family. First off, I want to be clear to the community that Bungie will remain an independent and multi-platform studio and publisher. 
As such, we believe it makes sense for us to sit alongside the PlayStation Studios organization, and we are incredibly excited about the opportunities for synergies and collaborations between these two world-class groups. I spent a lot of time with Pete Parsons, Jason Jones, and the Bungie management team to develop the right relationship where they will be fully backed and supported by Sony Interactive Entertainment and enabled to do what they do best, build incredible worlds that captivate millions of people. Bungie's world-class expertise in multi-platform development and live game services will help us deliver on our vision of expanding PlayStation to hundreds of millions of gamers. Bungie is a great innovator. Bungie is a great innovator and has developed incredible proprietary tilt. What is that word? Proprietors. Proprietors. Proprietors or proprietors? Proprietary tools. Yeah. That's the one. Thank you, guys. That will help PlayStation Studios achieve new heights under Herman Holt's leadership. Um, so that's pretty much it. I mean, there's not really a lot else to go on PlayStation aren't getting exclusives. Um, they aren't getting anything else. Um, Miles, what's your take on this? I don't really get it. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it either. There we I are. Mean, <laughs> I mean, Sony does need like a proper FPS studio now that Gorilla's on Horizon um, instead of Killzone. And I kind of mused to myself, I wonder if this might be their way of bringing Killzone back with Bungie's work. But then it's staying multi-platform, so they probably wouldn't be putting Killzone onto a multi-platform scenario and i don't understand why you would acquire a studio to keep everything multi-platform anyway isn't the whole point of acquiring it to bring them under your wing to make games for your platform i think from bungie's perspective it's quite a weird one because they got out of microsoft's and activision's whole thing like they parted themselves from microsoft to stop making halo to make destiny with activision and then they parted themselves from activision to be able to make the games they want to the way they want to separate to them and now they're partnering with sony it just it, it kind of baffles me i don't really understand the thinking behind it other than sony have maybe approached and said let us buy you and we'll just fund whatever you want to make and we'll just leave you to it which seems to be their way of dealing with their studios i mean it might end up leading to you know, a couple of big games coming out, which will be backed by Sony, which will have a lot of funding and a lot of good talent behind it. So I'd be interested to see, you know, if some of the dodgy practices from Destiny with the microtransaction stuff gets put away, which wouldn't be a bad thing. But yeah, I just, when they said there's going to be no exclusives, I was a bit like, okay, that's nice. You know, consumer wise, it's great that, you know, everyone's going to still get to play the games, but equally Microsoft have just gone out and bought a load of studios and publishers and stuff. And, are quite clearly going to make some of those exclusive with the purpose being to sell their platform. So, yeah, it feels like it was kind of meant to be like an answer to what Microsoft is doing, but then sort of isn't. So, yeah, it's kind of left me a bit confused, although I'm interested to see what games will come out of it, I suppose. Yeah, weird one. I mean, with Microsoft and Acti Blizz, I don't think it's even close to that. I think we will see exclusives from that deal for Microsoft, mm. but Bungie will keep Destiny 2 going on every platform oh no sorry i meant and... being allied with activision when they made destiny one right yeah sure um yeah i mean those those were dark days yeah that was a bad time <laughs> which is why i'm confused days. why they're partnering up again like they finally escaped publishers and then like partnering up with another publisher yeah i mean it must be it must be some money that sony can invest into their studio presumably mm. for the next big thing that bungie are working on i mean who knows i mean it is it is a weird one because nothing seems to be changing. No. It, like, seems, it's, it all seems back-end rather than, you know. And yeah. now Destiny 3 is a PlayStation exclusive. That's not going to happen. No. The only thing I could think of is maybe they'll give them kill zone somewhere down the line and be like, can you make like another kill zone and make it really good, please? Thanks. Oof. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? I, I would fucking love that. I love Killzone as it was before. Never mind if Bungie yeah. on top of that. I'd be like, yeah. 
in terms of the microtransactions, I think Destiny 2 right now is technically free to play. So I think they're going to stick around um, because that's their own form of monetization right now in that game. Yeah. Um, aside from all the massive DLC packs that they have coming, like the Witch Queen and stuff. Mm. Um, we might see, like, play it on PlayStation five days before Xbox or whatever, you know? Yeah, um, they've had those kind of deals, haven't they? Where it's like exclusive maps for PlayStation, I think, on Destiny 1 or 2 when it released. And, yeah, like, those kind of content deals, which I don't really like. I think they're a bit stupid, really. But, yeah, it, yeah, I, I don't get it, personally. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, there's, I mean, again, there's not much to talk about, but it's like, yeah, okay, that's the thing that's happening. Doesn't really changing. Happy days. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, nice cool, you've done it. Good job. You've yeah, uh, great. matched Microsoft for not very much, but at least you've tried. Yeah, you tried. You tried, but nothing's changing. Good for you, Sony, I guess. Well done. Um, Kat, what do you make of uh, this acquisition? Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit strange. When it first happened before I'd kind of read into it, I was like, it felt like that Bart Simpson meme where it was like, you tried with a cake. They <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so write on the cake and he's like, well, you tried. And then he puts it in the bin. Um, it's extremely strange because, like, what have you spent three point six billion pounds on? What to just give them more money? I, like, this is a great deal for Bungie, um, because if they don't need to uh, promise exclusives and they don't need to do, you know, whatever PlayStation says at the drop of the hat, then you know they're winning. You know, they've just woken up today and won three point six or three point nine billion pounds. Mm. Um, like I said, it could be a time, to, but it's just, it's a strange one, isn't it? It does. I'm so glad that it is the way that it is. And PlayStation have kind of said, you know, they're still independent. They're still doing their thing. Um, you know, they're investors in the some way, I guess, um, in that sense. Because I, with that retaliation, it could have easily gone as, okay, well, all of their IPs, Destiny is now exclusive um, to PlayStation. And that would have started this war. I reckon that would be the beginning of this, you know, I mean, Microsoft and actually the beginning of it, but that would have just been a very quick retaliation of like, whoa, if you're going to buy Activision Blizzard, then we're going to buy Bungie. And then Microsoft would be like, well, we're going to buy Square Enix, you know, and like it just would have been flipping awful. Um, So I'm glad that it's this way, but I'm just confused why that amount of money for them to do exactly the same thing. Like you said, it sounds like it's more of an investment, but is the 3.6 million an investment or is it? Like, is that the cost of what it takes to to say that they're part? Do you know what I mean? Like, what, what, yeah. what who gains out of this? Like, because Bungie are gaining a hell of a lot, but what yeah. the PlayStation gain in in, in kind yeah. of reciprocation? Bungie have won in this particular deal. Yeah, absolutely. Deal. Yeah, but, they've uh, won the fucking lottery. But like Miles was saying, it's very weird for them to you know step away from Microsoft and be like, we want to be independent. We don't want publishers behind us, and then to not even go to a different kind of then to go to Sony. You know, that's just like such a fuck you to Microsoft. Like, do you know what I mean? Like the Microsoft yeah. people must be like, hey, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's like, you know, working in boots and then working in super truck, you know, in the beauty industry. You just that's don't exactly do it. what that is. Yeah. yeah. You just don't do it in the UK. <laughs> it's <laughs> such a UK thing. Um, <laughs> working in Morrison's and then working in Asda. You just don't do it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I'm, I'm confused about what is Sony getting out of this for that amount of money? Otherwise, it just seems strange. Otherwise, just invest. You know? Yeah. Well, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I'm glad that it is still the same way it is. I just, I don't understand it. But I don't need to understand it because I'm going to play the games. But, you know, I'm not, mm. not their investor. I'm not a lawyer. But it's what it is, I guess. Yeah, there we go. The finger guns stay on this. It is what it is. It is what it is. 
It is what it is. We don't know what this means. They're, they're being very quiet about it. Destiny 2 remains multi-platform, and so will all future games. So, okay, then. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Really strange. It's like a petty post-it note, isn't it? What do you mean yeah. you bought Activision Blizzard? Well, <laughs> I've bought Bungie, but everything's going to stay the same. So, fuck you. <laughs> Microsoft bought Activision, so I had to do something. Yeah, like... <laughs> Obviously, this has been in the must have been in talks long before that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it it's just like okay. <laughs> Microsoft has a shat all over that. Been like, well, yeah. three point six billion looks like literal shrapnel. PlayStation buy Square Enix and Capcom and Sega. Come on, Stop. Sega. It's mm. you know what Sega. Stop buying companies that are like, yeah, but we want our games on every other platform as well. Mm. Come on, PlayStation, sort your shit out. Oh my god, making it like fools, fools. I tell you. Anyway, okay, so that's it. We'll may hear, hear more about this in the future, but there you go. PlayStation bought Bungie. Bungie have a lot of money now. Everyone's happy except for PlayStation. <laughs> right. Um, again, another one that's very quickly. Uh, State of Play is coming back this week, but it is focused primarily on Gran Turismo 7. Uh, so on the 2nd of February at 10 p.m., we can all sit down and watch a State of Play all about Gran Turismo 7, just over 30 minutes of new PS5 footage and gameplay details for GT7. That seems to be it, but there may be something in there as well for something else. I mean, who knows? Um, Kat, are you excited about a state of play for Grand Turismo 7? Uh, no, no, <laughs> Miles, are you excited? <laughs> sorry, go on. <laughs> well, it's not because I think it's shit, it's just because I don't play it, but I'm no. sure that'd be great. I mean, I mean, what really more can they show? <laughs> Whatever, but yeah, they can show cars going around a track. Yep, and then they'll show the shiny wheels. They're so, do you know what they will show a lot of? The shiny puddles. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the rain falling on the shiny puddles. Oh, shiny rain oh, puddles. Shiny rain puddles. <laughs> <laughs> there'll be a spoiler and there'll be aluminium car. Oh my God, the drizzle. And car doors and stuff. I don't know what bits of other car I can think of right now. But shiny, the exhaust, the shiny, shiny car things. The tire markings on the road. Oh, oh my God. Okay. Um, yeah. Again, they haven't said that something, anything else is going to be there. There's, there's a chance there will be. They normally throw a couple of like smaller games in before they spend the rest of the state of play talking about Gran Turismo. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Miles, are you excited about this? I think the last time I played a Gran Turismo was on the PS2. <laughs> um, I'm not really into racing games. I would, if we had a Game Pass, I would dabble and give it a go just to see how beautiful it looks because it will look fucking glorious. Um, and I imagine it's really exciting for all the racing sim fans who love it ultra realistic and shiny looking. But I don't really like racing games, so no, I won't really be partaking. I'm afraid. Well, this is super exciting then. Yeah. 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 Won't be watching. <laughs> okay. So yeah, February second, ten p.m. Uh, ten p.m. British time. So uh, yeah, check your local. Let me see what time it is in your area, wherever you are. Um, a couple of little things just got announced. It takes two is getting a film by the guys that made the Sonic movie. Let me finish it. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched a full playthrough of that game, and it's utterly wild. So yeah, I'd watch a movie of that. I think might be quite fun. Uh, anyway, yes, uh, Troy Baker has had his partnership with the NFT firm. They'll update on that. Troy Baker's gone, you know what? That was a bad idea. So I'm out. <laughs> of course oh, he fucking had. <laughs> you know what? Oh, people really hate me for this, and it didn't go down as well as I thought, so I'm going to just peace out. Bye-bye. So does, <laughs> does this mean that he wants to hate and not create now? 
Do you he know wants what? to hate like, and not create now. He's gonna fuck. That's gonna follow him around. Like he has hated and created and then exited. Does he have to give the money back, or does he just keep like ten percent of it now? <laughs> They're probably taking his voice anyway. They'll probably just sell it off without his consent. Yeah. So that's that. Um, but anyway, yeah. One of the big stories this week is that Star Wars Eclipse is reportedly inspired by The Last of Us, with a mix of uh, story and gameplay looking a bit Last of Us-y. Star Wars Eclipse, of course, is the new Star Wars game coming from Quantic Dream. We saw a very shiny trailer for it at the last PlayStation Showcase, um, but there's very little else to uh, to really talk about at the moment. Um, I was curious, Mars, would you be up for The Last of Us in space? I mean, it's very in keeping with, like, Sony's Hall of Exclusives, isn't it? Like, the majority of them yeah. are third-person exploration, <clears throat> lots of walking around with exposition going on, and then some combat, and then, you know, set pieces. It's very just in keeping with it. And I think it will fit with, you know, the Star Wars universe hasn't really had an experience that's focused on something that's quite like that. And I think if they can get it right, if they can get the story beats and use the universe and the world, and they could create some really incredible immersive set pieces, which could... Be incredible like if they really pull it off and i think they will because i really love detroit become human i know it wasn't everyone's bag but for me it was one of my favorite games just i love this that the aesthetic and the world and the characters and everything else and i think if they can translate that and make it into a good star wars story then i'm fully on board with that and the last of us is one of my favorite games ever so the only thing I'm concerned about is that Naughty Dog have been making games like that with Uncharted for quite a while before they made The Last of Us. Quantic Dream make games that don't that look like games but don't actually play like a video game. You pretty much walk around, do QTEs and interact with stuff. So I'm intrigued to see how the gameplay side of it actually fares because I don't doubt their ability to make a story that's cinematic and beautiful and looks pretty and is well acted and everything else because they've done that. But they haven't made a game where the gameplay is actually on its own good to play. Like even in Beyond Two Souls, I don't know if you played it, but there's like this section where you do like a like a CIA military drill thing. And it's literally completely on rails with QTEs and you can fail every QTE and still pass with flying colours. And I was like, that is just bullshit. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's the side of it I'm more skeptical of as to how they actually managed to pull off making the game play well of its own accord and don't and they can't just rely on QTEs to carry the rest of the story forward but yeah I think it fits with Sony's mantra it's worked for them it's sold well for like every other title so I don't see why they would deviate from it and I think the game's going to look fucking spectacular with Quantic Dream's ability to pull the latest out of the graphics systems and with that universe I think it'll look amazing so yeah optimistic yeah I mean, I liked Detroit. I didn't love it. I thought it was, it was, it was fun to play for a while. Then it got really deep and depressing, and you started sort of seeing. I don't know. It was just weird. It was a lot of it was kind of an allegory for racism and stuff. And it yeah, got, it got a really, it, it got really obvious. Yeah, and it was started like this is weird. But um, yeah, I don't think a Star Wars story can really fall into that category. I suppose. Um, I guess we'll see what Quantum Dream have up their sleeve, but. I don't know. I've always argued that The Mandalorian is pretty much Last of Us. Mm, yeah, that's true. I mean, actually. it's basically the same story. <laughs> if you <laughs> yeah, take that's out true, actually. Things. I hadn't even thought about that, but that is very, very true. Um, so, yeah, it's funny that Pedro Pascal is also now playing Joel in The Last of Us series. Yeah. So, dude, stop escorting people on long journeys. Seriously. 
he seems to like the whole nerd thing, doesn't he? He's done Game of Thrones, doing The Mandalorian, doing The Last yeah. of Us. He's, yeah, he, he's well he, into the, the stuff of it, isn't he? He loves it. He loves it. He, he loves walking that Pedro Pascal. What can I say? <laughs> They've got a bit of a job because they're following um, Jedi Fallen Order, which was genuinely good. If they were just following the new movies, they'd have been all right. But Fallen Order is showing that you can do a good Star Wars game and yeah. story. So I reckon we'll see we'll see the Jedi Fallen Order sequel before we'll see this, I think. Oh, yeah. Totally agree. Eclipse is still a way off. Uh, Cap, The Last of Us in Space. How do you feel about Star Wars these days? I know you haven't seen the originals, and that's a that is a serious <laughs> bone of contention for everyone. But um, yeah, would you play a Last of Us C Star Wars type game? Oh uh, yeah, I would. I was uh, rewatching the trailer um, earlier today for uh, the purpose of the pod, and it looks okay. It looks all right, and you know I completely agree with what Miles is saying. I love Detroit, and I know people have controversy with Quantum Dream themselves. Um, I call them quantum dream, but they're not as quantum dream. Um, and I know that not everybody loved. Um, I was going to say Horizon. Then <laughs> I, I, I know everybody loved. Um, not everybody loved Detroit. I think they are very good at the. You know, you think about Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain could be a film. You think about um, Detroit Become Human. That could be a film. They, there's no question that they are very good at writing um, a narrative. It's just how well they balance that between writing their own narrative, doing their own spin on what is already there. Because when you're kind of putting in a humongous, and I think I have said this before, when you're when you're kind of playing with, I guess, a a narrative that's already been set for many years, uh, and a fan base that absolutely died. You know, there are some people who die hard Star Wars fans. You know, it's not as original as oh well, I didn't like that game. You know that you know they could you know it's going to be you know you you shat on it or you you know you completely just you didn't understand Star Wars or you didn't do this and that and the other. Um, I I'm up for it. I I just yeah, I get the balance right. Like I think Miles was saying, it's a good point, Naughty Dog will probably do it better but we'll see we'll see I'll give it a go it won't be a day one for me but I definitely will keep my eye on it in terms of Star Wars anyway I don't play a lot of Star Wars games I think my repertoire goes to the Lego games and that's about it um I think <laughs> I played <laughs> New Republic like a million years ago like I played one of the old ones the really old playstations long time ago um where you had to string up the the watchman calls it <laughs> i've lost all words tonight um you had to go around in your tie fighter and you had to use this like ropey string to tie the legs of the you mean battlefront one yes that was a fucking phenomenal game yes oh. so oh. that's that's like the game that i played when when i was playing Star Wars. um and i just want to always play that game <laughs> that level in particular i was like yeah die yeah fall over <laughs> mm -hmm. um so yeah I i'd be up for it i'm i think it's gonna get some hate anyway because i think people have some shit with the um with just those games in general i know a lot of people like i think it's toby isn't it he doesn't love heavy rain doesn't love detroit um and also beyond two souls they're very particular games they're very kind of individual games um you know you know when you're playing a contract dream game um so we will see we will see indeed it is we what it is and we will see it is what it is we will see cast is knocking a wall out tonight let's go yeah what about you um i'm gonna play it i will play a new star wars game no matter what it come when it comes out you know, um, this week they've leaked the Boba Fett stuff from Star Wars 
1313, which was really sad and depressing that that game never existed. Um, so yeah, for that, yeah, an action adventure Star Wars game, I'm well up for that. Um, Shadow of the Fallen Order was great. Um, it was a bit too soulsy for me to really enjoy, and there was too many giant spiders. It was got a bit scary at times, but it was um, it was fun nonetheless. And so I'm excited to see where Star Wars goes from here. But uh, yes, I am most looking forward to Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. That's the the only one that really matters. Let's be honest. Um, talking to Soldier Games, um, from software have announced this week that it hasn't intentionally made Elden Ring easier, but it expects more players to finish it. Elden Ring director Hidetaka Miyazaki has discussed from software's approach to striking the right balance between difficulty and accessibility with its latest game. I'm reading from uh, VGC. Uh, Mr. Tom Ivan, in a new place and plug interview, the Japanese designer best known as the creator of Demon Souls and the Dark Souls series, said From Software hasn't purposely tried to make Elden Ring easier than its previous games. However, he expects its open world structure and more accessible multiplayer offering will result in a greater number of players finishing the upcoming title. This time at Elden Ring, we have many options at the player's disposal to confront challenging situations and use their cunning to outsmart enemies and bosses. They can come back to something later when they're at an impasse so they can have this freedom of progression and not have to bang their head against the wall over and over. They can figure out what to do and how to approach it again at their own pace. Uh, this article goes on. It's a very interesting one, actually, if you are new to the Soulsborne games. Um, I'm going to throw this one to um, to Kat, um, who is like me and hasn't really played a lot of these games. Um, does anything about Elden Ring sort of give you, a, um, give you an attention to try it out and see how you can get on? Um, it did. And then oh. I saw that it was looking exactly. I think I think someone did a playthrough not so long ago. I can't remember who it was. They played like the first boss and they did a playthrough, and it just looked exactly like Dark Souls Two. I, I just don't care. Not Dark Souls Two. Yeah, Dark Souls Two. Was it Dark Souls Two? I don't know. I get lost between all the Souls games because I don't understand why they just don't create the same game because it's all blatantly the same game everyone's like oh it's from the same law it's it's the same oh when you die you have to collect your souls and if you die again then you die properly no fuck that it's just unnecessarily hard i think you may um, have just triggered an entire community of thousands of people in one <laughs> sentence <laughs> i might have but just oh my god i just i saw how you raged at sakura as well or sakuro and like and everyone's like that's a souls game apparently as well and i'm just like well what's a Souls game and what's not a Souls game? Like, I just... So, I was very much into it and it looked exactly like it. And apparently, you know, they keep kind of continuously bringing these little tidbits of information of, like, it's not like other Souls games and it is more kind of accessible and it is just more inviting. And so, maybe, maybe I would give it a go. I think if you're going to start anywhere, if you're not a Souls person, maybe there is the best place to start it looks very beautiful it looks amazing you know it looks like there's loads to do it looks just yeah it it looks fantastic you know there's no doubt about that but I don't know if I want to break any more controllers to be honest (laughs) yeah they're getting expensive aren't they these controllers yeah they're they're kind of pricey you know maybe Mm. it would give me an excuse to buy a collared one in the replacement but yeah um Maybe I know you're keen to play it, like you said, like you're keen to play it with Miles and have Miles drag you through it. I think I would have to be the same. I think Miles would literally have to sit next to me. You can do it with us, we'll do it together. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, maybe then we'll all do it together. And then, but the I think as well, Miles was also saying that, um, because I really beat myself up about Keenan, I was getting dicked on one of the battles. And the thing is, I'm not a bad gamer, like you saw me in Back for Blood, I, I'm a kick ass flipping little like 
shoot them up. Anyway, um, I was getting dicked by this flipping, I don't know what it was from Kina. And I was saying like the parry wasn't working and, and the dodge was just being annoying. And I thought to myself then, I don't know how people play Souls games when I can't even fucking get past Kina Bridge of Spirits. And Miles was having, I was at work, obviously, work from home. And I could hear Miles be like, for fuck's sake. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, he's playing Kina. He needs to calm down. Um, and Miles was kind of saying in the in the comparison between Kina and a Souls game, the Souls games are very precise, whereas like Kina feels a little bit clunks. And so there's like quite, a, there's maybe like a one second delay, which then ends up like, you get punished for it. And I wonder if that might then make Elden Ring feel easier if you're not as punished for it. I don't understand how you can say we haven't intensely made it easier, but more people will be able to finish it in the same sentence because that's such an oxymoron. Because you're because that, that, that they've been saying that for a couple of months now, so you obviously have made it more accessible or more easier in some capacity, um, or you just haven't intensely made it as hard or as the difficult spike is not as severe. But that's still purposely making it easier. So I don't know how you can. Mm say yeah. that but yeah i'll give it a go i um, maybe i i'll watch miles play first <laughs> <laughs> it's probably what i'll say i'll watch miles play first i might see what yeah. i might see what you play what about you i'm interested to see what you think as well um i'm yeah i'm cautiously optimistic about this i mm, same i wanted i wanted to get into bloodborne um i was very close to getting into bloodborne um but then my asshole side took over i was like i'm not playing this in 30 frames a second this is outrageous um so i'm gonna wait for an update but Elder Ring looks like the kind of game that I, I really, I want to, you know what I mean? I want to get into it and I want to know what I'm doing and I want to play them properly and I want to complete at least one of these fucking games. That's what I mean. I think and, that's what it is. It intimidates me. It's mm. like kind of like everyone's like, oh, it took me X amount of time and everyone's like, and I just want to be able to say, yeah, I finished that too. <laughs> it's like FOMO yeah. for games, isn't it? You just want to be part of the club. <laughs> yeah. If I beat Elden Ring, I you will never hear the last of it. Like, I'll be so proud of myself. And then, you know, Toby and Miles and Greg will be like, it's like the fucking easiest one. And of course, you completed it, you wanker. But I'll be like, I'll be so proud of myself. Um, so, yeah, I will I will buy it and I will get into it. But, yeah, this, this gives me hope that I'm not just going to fuck it off because I can't do it. You know what I mean? And so I hope that it's going to work out in that way. Hopefully. Uh, Miles, as someone who's kind of uh, who does play these games and plays them very well, and is excited about this, um, does this does this kind of switch of the gameplay does that worry you a little? That kind of the core experience will not be there, or do you think that will still be there for the core players? Oh no, this this don't I, uh, I would say don't confuse a game being more accessible with this not being a Souls game. And the way to kind of see it is that each of these games that From makes. They have a certain style to them in terms of the combat's always very similar in terms of its design and creation. The thing that changes from something like Sekiro to, say, Bloodborne and then to Souls is that Souls is a very particular style where you can turtle up, you can use magic, you can do melee combat, whatever, but there's certain styles that are better for certain games. So in Bloodborne, for example, you can't block, so you have to dodge. In Sekiro, you can block, but it's much better to parry, so you have to learn timing. So each game kind of iterates on itself by forcing you to change up how you play it. But the actual core of how you play it is still the same. It's still the same kind of combat style. You just have to play differently in order to succeed properly in each one. 
And I think with this one, what they're kind of saying is that you're not going to have to, like in Sekiro, if you can't parry, you will not beat Sekiro. You simply won't do it. And in Bloodborne, if you don't learn to dodge instead of trying to block, you won't beat that either. And I think what they're saying with Elden Ring is that your approach doesn't matter. If you want to be a turtle or you just want to rely on using magic or you want to go all guns blazing with the biggest axe you can find, or if you want to use Bloodborne's dodge or you want to use Sekiro's parry, you have all of those options available to you now. So instead of the game kind of streamlining you into a particular play style to overcome the game's obstacles, it's kind of a, here's an obstacle. You can do it any which way you want to, but it's still going to be an obstacle. And I think that's what people are kind of getting a bit caught up about is this idea that it's going to be easier. It's not. These bosses are still going to kill you in two, three, four hits maximum. And you're still going to get fucked up the first few times you try a, a particularly difficult boss. And we saw that in the beta that one of the bosses was insanely powerful and it will screw you up. And <laughs> I think more people will finish it because the community around Souls is so dedicated that it's one of the, weirdly enough, the Souls games have some of the highest platinum rates for a game of that kind of style. And it's because that community is so dedicated. It kind of skews the stats a bit because most games will not have a community that dedicated and that willing to, to suffer it. But yeah, I'd, I'd just say go if you're going into this game thinking it's going to be easy, don't, because it won't be. It will still be you know hard as nails. It's still going to challenge you. They're just saying that because of the open world structure and the options available to you you're going to be able to pick your own path of how you want to play it and that's a good thing because it encourages people to come in and there's always this argument when a souls games comes out about having an easy mode because from never put one in and they say you know we make our game how we make it the challenge is a big part of the design and i'm a big supporter of that of they make the game they want to make if it is too hard for you that's kind of just the way it's designed because that challenge and that reward from overcoming it like you said cat i get fucking livid when i played sekiro i was fuming i was absolutely raging but the moment i finally overcame that boss there's just nothing like it in any other game that's so satisfying and rewarding and just the euphoria of finally besting it and then i'd fight that same boss again in new game plus and i'd destroy it first time because i practiced it so much from dying the original time and I think that's such a core part of any Souls or FromSoft game that you can't take that away. And so I think they're designing it that they're going to keep that challenge, but you can play the game on your terms rather than, say, for example, for some people, getting the timing for a parry is really tough. They just don't have the reaction time or they don't have the reflexes or they just don't read the moves correctly. And so they get kind of locked out of being able to play the rest of the game because they can't do one particular skill. Um, whereas with this one, you won't need to rely on one skill. You can rely on multiple. And I think in the multiplayer, you can now summon up to like three other people to come and help you at any time. So whereas before you may have only had one or two or maybe like an NPC and another player. Now you can have three other players, which although the bosses will scale, just does make it a lot easier as well. So, yeah, I think it will still be challenging. It's it's for fans of the genre and from some games, you've got nothing to worry about. It's still going to be that same game. It's just that you're going to have a lot more available to you to overcome all of its obstacles, which I like the sound of because I quite enjoy the idea that I can just switch up how I want to play it at any time and challenge myself or make my life a little bit easier if I want to play a different style or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I'm super excited for it. I think it's going to be phenomenal. And, yeah, it's the story just looks really cool as well. So, yeah, I'm super psyched for it. Oh, that's a, yeah, that's 
it's good to know, like hear from an actual player of how this is kind of coming across. Mm. So it's um yeah, it's gonna be very interesting. Yeah, and absolutely. um yeah, you better be on call like the bat signal when I need you. <laughs> Don't worry, yeah. I think uh you'll be at work and we're like Miles, Miles, <laughs> I need you. <laughs> Honestly, after going through Demon Souls, like all of the Souls games after that felt a bit easier. Um mm. And Dark Souls 2. I really hope they don't do this in Elden Ring. This is the one thing I don't like, is that they put, like, there's always covenants you can join, and if you join them, you get, like, a buff or a debuff, or, like, some of them are good or bad or whatever. And there's one at the very beginning of Dark Souls 2 called Covenant of the Strong. Now, the game does come up with a little disclaimer warning, but these games are so vague and nebulous in how they describe things. It was like, oh, this is an arduous path, and I was like, the game's a fucking arduous path. What does that even mean? So I clicked yes, not realizing I effectively put Dark Souls 2 onto hard mode where enemies do like double damage, you take double damage, you can't summon people <laughs> and all this kind of shit. And I didn't realize this until about two thirds through the game. And I fought one boss, which was like three statues. They come alive one after the other. So you're fighting one, then another one comes in, then another one. And I kid you not, I died to this boss so many fucking times. And one of them, I got it down to like, it's tiniest slither of health. And it killed me and I smashed my hand down on the bed and I hit my phone and I smashed my phone in half. And I was like, wow. I Googled it. I was like, this cannot be this difficult. Like I've just come out of Bloodborne and I platinumed that. I cannot be this shit at this game. And then I discovered what I'd done. And I was just like, what a fucking idiot I am. So, <laughs> so I really hope that they make it even more obvious with like nine prompts. Like this is the difficult thing. Don't do it unless yeah. you actually really want it. So that's the only thing I would say. So this is the, uh, yeah, just keep your phone at a fair distance when you're playing through Elden Ring. Yeah, playing through Sekiro, I made sure to leave my phone upstairs just in case, you know, keep it safe yeah. from me. Yep, fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Uh, right then, finally, oh, a little bit of Halo talk because we have the Halo TV trailer, the real proper trailer that went out last night, giving us a glimpse at Master Chief, at Cortana, at silver team and all this stuff it's looking very authentic looking a lot of fun uh very quickly miles did you catch the trailer i did yes um because i have thoughts but go on it looks very like video game into tv media and that it kind of looks okay but doesn't look very good and i watched was it halo forward onto dawn was it that one that was on netflix years ago i watched that and it actually wasn't completely terrible. I'm no, it like, wasn't. This is all right. Um, so I think as long as it's not absolutely shit, I think it will be pretty good. I think Cortana... Just... <laughs> what a great sentence. Know, it's right? not shit, it will be good. <laughs> That's it. Like, it's not fucking terrible. It's not okay. Um, Cortana just didn't look weird as a human being. Like, she's an AI. Why isn't she just CG? Um, I did wonder that one, personally. Uh, yeah, I think... I, don't, I just don't know if you can make the the legend of master chief translate into a tv series it just doesn't look as cool when he's doing it in third person against like cgi covenant mm-hmm. compared to playing it in a game where you are the badass you are the master chief not watching him do cool stuff yeah i don't know so i wasn't overly impressed i'm not sure i'll probably watch it i'll probably wait for the verdict from yourself or other people before i dive in but yeah i wasn't completely sold i don't think it was that good a trailer to be honest interesting 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 um, Kat, what did you make of the trailer? Yeah, I thought the trailer looked good. I, I thought it looked a little bit like The Mandalorian. <laughs> I don't know. I got like Star Wars vibes. Um, mm. um, but 
I mean, I don't play Halo. I think the last Halo I played, again, was on, like, the PlayStation. The Xbox 360. It was one of them. I don't know which one. It will be Xbox 360. There we go, then. So it would have been the Xbox. I was going to say, I was like, I don't think it came out on PlayStation. Mm, So, yeah. Um, So I would have played it around the same time as Fable, which can tell you how long ago that was. (laughs) Wow, Mars wasn't even born yet. Probably not. I was Um, born for Fable. (laughs) (laughs) Just about, but it counts. <laughs> um, I, I didn't think it looked awful. I, I thought it looked quite good. Um, it's probably something that I would watch if somebody said that shit's amazing. You really need to watch it. Mm. Um, and that's because I think it's interesting, and it would probably make me want to go back to the game as well. Um, yeah, I've got not got much to say because I don't play the game, so I've not I'm not the hype train for this sure. for this kind of piece of news. But it didn't look awful. It didn't like I didn't watch the trailer and think fucking hell they shouldn't have bothered. Um, no, so it does look pretty decent. The story looks all there. You know, Cortana looks like a bit strange, but she's that looks fine. Um, yeah, doesn't look bad. If somebody was to say you absolutely need to watch this, I maybe would give it a go. Yeah. And okay, I'd be cool. a blind eye to it because I can't remember that, you know, I can't remember really what it is about other than Cortana. So, and mm. Chief and whatever his name is. That's, I literally know, like, the, the noob potato style of Halo. That's how long ago I played it. So enough, I'd be enough, going in enough. with, like, a, a, a blind eye, which might be a good thing, really. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So, maybe. Sorry, I can't be much opinionated on that, but, you know. It's perfectly fine. Don't you worry about a thing. Here's my thoughts from an from a, a Halo player. I was gonna say because like you've probably got some now, some thoughts. No, oh, I have thoughts. Some have some thoughts. thoughts. <laughs> now it looks authentic. That's what I can say about it. Um they've got the warhogs, they've got the battle rifles, the assault rifles, the weapons look awesome, the energy swords with the covenant look great, they've got the brutes, they've got the grunts, they just have all the little details down. That's fine by me. They got Jen Taylor and it's Cortana, who's been the voice of Cortana in the game since the very beginning. Love that touch. That's brilliant. They haven't got the same actor for Master Chief, though. And that's what I don't understand. Is why not go to Steve Downs? I was gonna say, if you want that level of authenticity, if you're gonna have Cortana, and that didn't make any sense to me. And his voice put me off because I'm like, well, everything else looks authentic and good as a Halo fan. So why have they not used his voice? It doesn't make it. It's so weird to me. Um, Cortana looks shit. Um, Cortana's not blue. But there's one major characteristic about Cortana that we remember is Cortana is blue. Cortana is blue. Okay. She's not a human being. She's an AI. She's meant to be fucking blue. She's meant to be fucking blue, guys. And she's not blue. She looks like an old lady that's trying to sell me a fucking washing machine. And it really irritates me. And there's something about that that is going to put me off big time when that series starts. And I'm a little worried about it, to be honest. Have you ever seen Starship Troopers? No. Oh, God. Sorry. That's too goddamn young for Starship Troopers. Um, um, no, not, not me either. Oh, God. Okay. Have you seen Battlefield Earth? No. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Not because I'm too young, but because they're just not my kind of shows. No, I mean, well. Battlefield Earth is a John Travolta movie, which is 
probably class as one of the worst movies ever made. Oh, uh, then no. And um, it's 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 worth watching just because it's fucking horrendous. <laughs> and um, in a much to like a similar vein, like, like Cats is Cats is worth watching because it's absolutely horrendous. But yeah, it sort of gave me Starship Trooper vibes, which isn't a great thing. Starship Troopers is kind of like a parody of um of space sci-fi action films. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. It's very entertaining, but it sort of gave me that vibe. So I am. Hmm. I'm very down the middle with this at the moment. Um, they have half of it absolutely spot on, but the other half isn't quite right, and that's bothering me right now. It doesn't have to be exactly the same. I'm fully aware of that. But, you know, just keep the authenticity to the things that really matter, because as I've said on this podcast before, my the favorite thing about Halo, and always has been, is the relationship between Chief and Cortana. And so why have you not got Chief and Cortana correct? That's just something that bothers me about it. But I will let it stew. I will watch it. And I will uh, I will deliver my verdict in March, wherever the hell they're going to be putting it. It's on Paramount Plus in America. So who knows where it's going to be here. Hopefully um, hopefully somewhere we can easily find it. But uh, yeah, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Chris sent me a message last night. It was like, dude, have you seen the Halo trailer? I was like, no, I've not seen it yet. Oh, man, it's epic. And so, yeah, he's very excited about it. He said it looks epic. So, um, you know. I'm being far more picky than than most people are probably, but yeah, I want this to be good because it's been a long time. Be waiting, uh, waiting for a Halo series for a while. So yeah, it bothers me, but it's not perfect. But there we are. That seemed very strange. That the one like big thing that sticks out is that she's blue, and they've decided to just like fuck that off. Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, maybe do you reckon there might be a backstory to why she is blue, and they're going to put that into the series? Maybe. Yeah. Like, you know, like, because in The Witcher, they've only really just given him a scar. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. I haven't seen The Witcher yet. Spoilers. Soz. Well, he God. gets a scar. I don't okay. know how much that spoils <laughs> it for you. But no! I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, yeah, it's just it's just little things like that that are bothering me. That's but... not a little thing, though. That's that's quite a big thing to, like, sit around the table, write scripts and you know, blatantly ignore. Yeah, it is. If I was in that room, I'd be like, uh, fucking no, guys. No, she's not looking at my aunt. Okay, there could be a good she's reason. Though. Maybe they've. Uh, 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 there could be a good reason. Who knows? No, I don't think there is. I think it's just. Bad. Why? Why get the voice actor if you're not going to do the? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, probably. <laughs> don't do a job halfway. Just do it. <laughs> it really bugs me. Anyway, anyway, yeah, that's our thoughts on the Halo TV trailer, which is uh, due in March, I believe. So yeah, not too far away now. All uh, right, then let's get into our recommendations. This is where we recommend something that we've seen throughout the week. Where it be a game, a movie, a TV show, a comic book, a Funko Pop, or a guitar. Who knows? It's going to be very, very random, and it always is, and it's always a lot of fun. So, Kat, what is your recommendation this week? My, oh my God, sorry. Oh my um, God, are you okay? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm so excited to tell you about my recommendation. <laughs> um, so, my recommendation this week is something I tried about two hours ago, and I love it. It tastes exactly like, do you know um, the Viennetta ice creams are like really old school oh yeah totally yeah well it tastes exactly like the mint one and it's in a yogurt but it's not a yogurt it's like a mousse it's an after eight mousse and it tastes exactly like after eights but what they've done is they somehow put the chocolate in there like the exact chocolate from Viennetta into this little mousse it's amazing They're are a pound you from shitting my dick no and the thing is you can like shatter it with a spoon just like you would in Viennetta it's crazy um, cool. Oh my yeah. God. Pounds and Tesco for four of them. 
they are the ship after eight mooses go get them <laughs> welcome to our recommendations ladies and gentlemen mm-hmm. after eight mooses that sounds yep. great uh miles your recommendation for the week uh mine's pretty standard it's just a game i played which was quite good uh, loser i know nerd <laughs> um so i played moons of madness a little indie horror cosmic type game um it's again a bit of a walking simulator type. There seems to be a bit of a trend of those that I played this week, um, where you're an astronaut, wake up on Mars, you're having weird nightmares and hallucinations of uh, like Eldritch, Lovecraftian, squid-like creatures. Um, you don't really know what's going on, uh, but you kind of as the time kind of progresses over your time playing the game, um, it starts to become more clear. So it's got a decent story to it. It's nothing particularly that will blow your mind and you can kind of predict what's going to happen before it does um but it's done pretty well to be fair it gave me soma vibes and i really really love soma as a game i think it's just phenomenal that that game story is just unbelievably good and it's nowhere near as good as soma but it gave me the same kind of vibe and the same kind of feeling to it and at like four hours long it wasn't that expensive i got it on deal and sale um so yeah i just i recommend it it's only got a couple of actual jump scares in it other than that it's mostly just like creepy more than scary um so even if you're not a big horror fan it shouldn't be too too bad um and yeah it's got some decent like uh direction in it a couple of the the sections are pretty well done um there's a couple of puzzles that are a bit odd like a bit like the old school resident evils where like the solution makes sense but only once you've done it by accident and you're like oh okay that's how that works all right then um so but other than that i think it was a good little game and i think it's worth checking out especially given that it's on deal at the moment so yeah if you're into lovecraftian horror stuff give it a shout sweet sweet what was yours mate uh mine is afterlife oh that makes sense yeah afterlife season three go watch on netflix um yeah i mean season three of afterlife is on i've I've finished it this week obviously and it's uh yeah it's just tremendous just tremendous television uh, written and starring Ricky Gervais and uh, yeah it's probably one of his best works so far so you can finish the whole series in less than three hours like six episodes of like 25 minutes each and it's just it's such a beautiful story and it's well worth investing in and when you watch that you can listen to my podcast that I did with Ethan Lawrence so you know make sure you do that that's it really <laughs> go watch Afterlife listen that's to fine. the pods <laughs> Keep those uh keep those views high. Thank you. It it is a very good show. The season one I really enjoyed. So yeah, I will mm-hmm. watch the other two seasons. Okay, hold him to that cat. Hold him to that. Make sure he does. Okay, hold it. All right. Okay, let's finish off that with out this week. And out this week is Life is Strange Remastered is coming to all the things tomorrow, February the first. I'm not ready. Did they so, not delay it on Switch again? Oh, was it delayed on Switch? Okay, Again, yeah, I think it was. I think it was delayed on the switch. And they just, I think it was. It was something. Yeah, I'm sure they just said they needed to tweak a few more things, but it's definitely still coming to PlayStation. Okay, okay. So it's out on all the things but Switch today. So go check it out. I'm think I think at least half of the thing you guys team are going to be checking out this week. So uh, yeah, go. Okay, why not join them? Um, the Waylanders is coming to PC on February the second. I really want to check this game out, but my laptop will laugh at me if I attempt to uh, down download this thing um so i'm excited to see people play it because it does look a lot of fun and i hope that it will come to a console at some point because i really want to play it um february the 4th one of the big games of the year dying like two stay human is coming out miles this is an expensive week for you dude i don't know what's gonna happen here oh it's just gonna be a torrid month 
<laughs> just want everything. Yeah, no, I've uh, I already um because I got the ultimate edition of Life is Strange, so I get the remaster collections already paid for basically. Oh, cool. Um, but Dying Light 2, I'm definitely gonna be picking up one way or another because it looks fucking brilliant and I can't wait. There is a dev on Twitter or a reviewer who keeps um <laughs> who keeps like out kind of saying how many hours he currently has on Dying Light 2 because he's reviewing it or he's been given it or whatever. And he was like 40 hours I've had 60 hours and I'm not done playing and it's such a tease for everybody <laughs> I mean I'm looking at this month and it's absolutely it's absolutely bonkers there's a, it's a, it's a pretty much a 50 pound game that's worth buying every week it's just mad it must be one of the best like February's like in a gaming year ever like mm. to have so many massive titles releasing at once it's nuts this week or Dying Light next week Sifu is out oh that looks great as well. We cut for that. Just a small thing called Horizon Forbidden West is out. Oh, yeah, that small little indie game. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not bothered, um, you know. Not bothered one bit. Uh, no, who cares? There's only two weeks left. Um, Destiny 2, The Witch Queen, that's going to be out on the same day. Oh, no, four days after Horizon as well. And then a week later is Elden Ring. So... Oh, <laughs> so ready. <laughs> I mean, my God, that's all before March. So this month is going to be absolutely bonkers and so why would you listen to any other podcast because we've got you covered here guys and so that's gonna be absolutely fine uh right then that's it ladies and gentlemen thank you all very much indeed for listening don't forget if you do want to follow us you can follow us absolutely everywhere just go to the link tree in the description below to find us in all the places and if you want to follow us on twitter why not do that as well at f-n-g-r-g-n-s or you can follow us individually just find our handles in the description below except for miles you smart and not on twitter if you really like what we do, why not follow our Patreon for one dollar a month? That works out at about 73 pence at this point. You can support the channel and you can support the podcast, keeping it live on its various podcast hosting services and keeping the website nice and shiny. But that's it. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. It is goodbye from the Artful Miles. Oh, well. It is goodbye from Cat Legends. TTFN. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> it's back. <laughs> and goodbye. And goodbye from me. I have been Roscoe Drake. And we'll see you next time on the Fingerprints.